listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's turn to our next guest of today. I'm psyched to welcome back to the studio, Cruzy McCalligan. How are you doing, Cruzy? I'm great. I'm even better at the fact that you use the term psyched. I didn't think we were allowed to use that after like 1999. I feel like I could like tap into this whole other lingo I've been, <laughs> Avoiding. I've been neglecting. Thanks. <laughs> I, no, I mean it. I'm so outdated. Nothing that comes out of my mouth ever sounds cool. So now I can say psyched and it's been validated by the incredibly cool Noreen Mir. So thank you. Oh my goodness. I don't know what came up, but I'm so happy and psyched uh, that uh, you're joining us. I'm psyched to be here. I really am. Live in the studio. Um, if you want to see Cruz, you can go to Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 or go to Cruz on Radio 3 on Facebook and you'll be able to see her there uh, also. So you've got a big topic for us today. Yeah, it's a heavy topic. It's a lot. Um, I want to talk about bone marrow transplants. You're like, that's very specific, considering last week you talked about sea monkeys. That's correct, Noreen. Um, <laughs> what sparked your interest um, in this well, area? Look, I didn't, I didn't know much about them, but at one point it could have been quite a big part of my life. Um, my daughter has a genetic condition, as you know. She has a form of dwarfism that comes with an immune deficiency. And when she was born, um, we were told that she may have SCID, which is like for want of a better term, bubble boy disease, which is, you know, no immune system. And so the first I'd kind of ever really heard or thought about bone marrow transplants was on a printout that I was given by a midwife saying, your daughter might need this treatment. Um, and I didn't know anything about it. And to date, my daughter hasn't needed one. But for a long, um, but I'm, I've gotten to know a lot of people whose children have the same condition as my daughter and who have, they've had to have one or they're waiting for one. And the reasons they're waiting for one is because they need a bone marrow donor. And so it's made me look into it a little bit more because I registered the other week, I went and I, I went to give blood, I got rejected because I'm breastfeeding, but, <laughs> but which is another thing, everyone should go and give blood, they need a lot of blood, Red Cross Hong Kong needs a lot of blood. And, um, but I went to register as a bone marrow donor for that exact reason, because I knew that there are, I a know shortage. actual people yeah. who are waiting for donors. Um, and so I went to register, which was incredibly easy and not very painful. I mean having been pregnant and poked and prodded and everything else, a needle in your arm for five mils of blood to become a blood marrow donor is not such a big deal. Um, and if you go in some registries, like in the US, you just do a cheek swab. You don't even have to, you don't even have to give a blood sample to become a, a donor. Um, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit more because I think it's important and I think there's a lot of myths around it and, and I don't think people really embrace what it actually means. So firstly, um, what is bone marrow? because it sounds like the actual bones. And I think when I thought, when I first heard like bone marrow transplants, like someone digging up a your... piece of bone and putting a whole piece of bone in another, and that's not true at all. So bone marrow is that soft, spongy tissue that you find inside bones or at gourmet restaurants in Hong Kong where people, <laughs> people eat it. Um, and this is where most of the body's blood cells develop and are stored. And the blood cells that make other blood cells so that they keep that production going, they're, they're stem cells. That's what we call stem cells. Um, and the most primitive form of those stem cells can do some incredible things. It can renew things. It, can, it has the ability to reproduce another cell identical to itself. And it can differentiate. It can generate one or more subsets of, of different kinds of cells as well. So bone marrow is a, a pretty fascinating thing. 
But if you think about people who have had who have immune problems, um, that's where their 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 manufacturing operation is suffering a little bit because they're not making the types of cells they need to keep themselves safe and happy and protected. Um, and every year, thousands of people of all ages, all races, all walks of life are diagnosed with diseases like leukemia, aplastic anemia, rare genetic disorders like my daughter's, um, and 75% of these patients are under the age of 25. Now, they're only hope of survival the only treatment we have for these people at the moment is a blood stem cell transplant from a donor who has the same tissue type which in itself is quite a remarkable thing because the chances of finding a match are really are really low it's about one in a hundred thousand and you may, might be the only person who can give the match to save that person's life and one myth that people have is you have to be related to donate bone marrow and yep. that is absolutely not true it's absolutely not true so um there, there are they do um we're going to talk about that a little bit because i have an example of a, a really amazing family i know where the father was the donation uh, donor to his daughter but the thing is that we think about bone marrow donation as this quite uncomfortable like you said you had some personal experience in your family with bone marrow donation that's right um my auntie was diagnosed with um acute uh, leukemia so she Gosh. literally had a fever um uh when she was golfing and the fever wouldn't go away and she had an ulcer that wouldn't stop bleeding in her mouth and she went to the doctors and the doctor said right we'll run some tests um the ulcer still wouldn't stop bleeding um and then she got the test results back and said you, you have two weeks to live Jeez. and you'll need a bone marrow transplant or or else you won't survive and luckily uh, she's got two sisters uh, my mum and my mum's middle sister so they were both able to donate bone marrow to her um, which extended her life mm -hmm. um, by six years which wow. is great from two weeks to six years so it really really makes a huge difference between life and death yeah absolutely and I think the problem is that it's actually been going along um, it's been happening for a long time the first bone marrow transplant was in 1965 um, and it was for a child it was for an infant um, and we've we've we're learning about this process all the time because as you said it's not you need to find a donor match and you find a donor match by looking for HLA antigens so these are antigens on the surface of special white blood cells which make up the genetic immunity of a person which is really really interesting um, without being quite a difficult complicated situation so you kind of need to match with that and in and of itself it's amazing that somebody you are not related to could have that match it's much more likely that somebody you are related to would have that match and a lot of the time people who can um, can take uh, can have bone marrow transplants donors can be siblings as you mentioned in the case of your auntie um, and sometimes parents but of course a biological parent is only ever going to be a half match it's never going to be a, a full spectrum match which which has its own issues um, but as you said like it there is a bit of a there is a bit of a a perception of a bone marrow transplant when you say a bone marrow transplant you really think that someone is like i said carving up bits of your bone and shoving them into another person and that's not even remotely what happens not anymore it's not anymore at all and and there's a, a huge association with it being very very painful you think of like i think for me i think i had this image of someone lying in a hospital with someone putting a big needle in their spine or something like that and that's that's not at all how it happens so bone marrow donation is a relatively straightforward medical procedure today um, basically diseased or damaged bone marrow can be replaced with donated bone marrow cells the idea being that those healthy donated cells go on to do what they're supposed to do when the body's not doing what it's supposed to do um, and this can help treat and often cure completely cure life-threatening conditions um, now there are two ways of donating bone marrow so this is again something that a lot of people wouldn't know 
The first and most widely used method is actually not the one you think of. It's actually a lot less invasive and it's called peripheral blood stem cell donation or PBSC. And the second method involves a donation of the bone marrow itself. So if we talk about the donation of bone marrow itself, um, in that situation, this is what you might be familiar with. A big syringe is used to remove bone marrow from your hip bone, because that's obviously the pelvis is a the big biggest, bone. It's yes. where you've got the most, most chance amount, of getting some. Yeah. Um, now, this isn't, it's not really a surgical procedure, but nobody really wants to be awake for that. So you do tend to go under, you go under general anaesthetic to prevent any pain. And then you usually need to stay in hospital for a day or two to recover from that. And it might be a little bit uncomfortable afterwards. But contrary to belief, it's not taken from your spine or by removing any bones. You're remo Somebody's taking something that you can spare if you're a healthy person. You can spare that bone marrow. Um, and during a donation, less than 5% of your bone marrow is taken. Like, you'll, you'll be okay. Um, but the second way, which is even less invasive than that, is actually a procedure that allows you to donate stem cells from your circulating blood without having to directly donate any bone marrow. I mean, this is amazing. This is amazing that this can happen. So That's the one my mum did. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Yes. And so she, so so yeah, you get hooked up to a machine as if they you were inject, donating, yes, yeah, and then you inject. basically, yeah, and it goes through and it will filter a, a cell separator machine will will take the stem cells from your blood. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, look at you. Why am I even doing this? No, Do you want to take no, over? No, no, no take sorry. over. No, it's awesome. I'm really glad that somebody else knows so about this stuff. In <laughs> um, but yeah, so in that case, you don't need a general anaesthetic or a stay overnight in hospital. It takes around four or five hours to donate that. It's not very painful. I mean, that's like, it's less than binge watching a Netflix series, which you could very happily do while, while doing that donation, if we're being completely honest. And um, so there's there's a couple of facts I want to share around this, because 70% of donations today are that method, the um, PBSC method, which you don't have to go under general anesthetic, you don't have to have a big needle in your hip, even though I want to point out the big needle in your hip, you'd still be okay. It's a couple of days in hospital and a bit of a sore hip. I mean, you'd get a bit of a sore hip sitting in the same position, binge watching Netflix anyway. anyway. So, um, but um, so you mentioned that, you know, leukemia is a big one. Leukemia is a really, really big one for bone marrow transplants. And leukemia kills more children than any other cancer. And it is children often that we're talking about who really, really need those these bone marrow transplants. Of course, older people do too. And it can affect anyone at any time. But children are in a really big, um, big, big need group. Now, 70% of patients in need of a marrow donor don't have a matching donor in their family. So as you know, I remember when we were thinking about um, that this would have to be an option for my daughter, how many people in my, my family, aunties, uncles, cousins, were putting their hands up saying, I'll do it, I'll do it. And it was just incredible that people would do that. Um, it's very difficult for you to do it as a parent if you carried that biological child, because um, if you're pregnant with them, there's more chance of rejecting. Oh, rejecting really? the cells, yeah. So it's a bit of a problem. Now, there are over 10 million donors registered worldwide, 10 million, but some searches are still not successful. Which is which is why we constantly need more, 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 more. Um, they do say that after a donation, bone marrow replaces itself within four to six weeks. So it's incredible that, that that's even a possibility, that it really can just get in there and start working. Now, of course, the thing is that we think it's painful. People don't tend to do it. They think there are some, there are some risks to it. 
as there are with everything. Um, but the other reason is that people don't recognise that we have this incredibly globalised world where we all move around and we all have mixed mixed racial backgrounds. I have a mixed racial background. You have a mixed racial background. This our makes things do. our children yes. do definitely do, and it makes it makes um, it makes things more complicated in the future because we, as much as we're different people need to recognise that we, there's some things that we need to have in common medically to make these things work. And we need um, registry members on bone marrow donation who are from a broad range of ethnic backgrounds, um, especially there's a special need for African-American donors. Asian and South Asian donors are in hugely short supply. Pacific Islanders, Hispanic or Latino um donors and multiracial donors. There's a huge shortage of multiracial donors. And here in Hong Kong, we need Eurasian donors we do, in a really yes. big way. Um, because there's, again, you, you know, you never think it affects you until it does. Absolutely. We, we had a doctor um, on the program, um, Raymond Liang. He is a world-renowned um, oncologist and also, um, oh, I forgot the blood doctor name, he, hemat hematologist. The, yeah, hematologist. Thank you very I much, this. I'm sure I know this. Yes. Um, and um, we were talking about how, how my children are, are mixed race and he basically implied it's harder, mm. much harder to find matches because there's such a shortage of donors and the more mixed you are, the, 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 the less chances you are to, <laughs> to find um, matches unless you have a sibling. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's, a really, um, it's a really complicated area of medicine, but it's incredible the breakthroughs that are happening. And as I said, I personally know people whose babies have had these procedures and are doing amazing things. These are children who would never have been able to ever leave a house. Yes. Um, and the prognosis for your life is very low if you don't have a working immune system, as we know, if you have leukemia for any other condition. Um, but we're learning so much about bone marrow transplants. They've even tried doing, um, using them as a treatment for people with epidemoliosis, uh, I can't remember, it's the butterfly skin disease. I'm not going to say it properly, um, but it's EB. And that's a horrific condition. It's when your skin, it lacks, it lacks the proteins it needs to, to have cohesion. It comes very apart thin, very easily. Yeah. I mean, there's no, I mean, that's, that, it's incredibly painful and, and very, very dangerous. And they're now seeing that there can be some limited success with having a bone marrow transplant to help that. It can also help with neurodegenerative diseases. You might find that you have genetically a neurodegenerative disease in your family. A bone marrow transplant can, can mitigate your risks of actually getting that disease, the effects of that disease. So it's an incredible thing that we're learning about all the time. Is the bone marrow, is, it, is there a global bank? So if we register with it, you can find matches, not just in Hong Kong, but really someone, maybe even in Mexico. Absolutely. And you'll find that even in, like, for example, in the US, they have a Be The Match registry, and they'll even fly people out to different countries. They, they're so desperate for donors around the world that this doesn't cost you anything if you're a bone marrow donor. You don't have to, it's not your money. It doesn't cost you to, to register as a donor. It doesn't cost you to go through any of the procedures to donate bone marrow. Um, it, it's all out all there. All we need is just your bone marrow. It's just They'll that. come and, to you. And it is an international search. And can you imagine being the parent of a child or being an individual who needs a bone marrow donor and mm. knowing that you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and you're not, that's not coming through and you're not finding a match. Um, in Hong Kong, it's a really, we have a really interesting um, history with bone marrow um, donation. The first case of hematopoietic stem cell transplant was formed at the Bone Marrow Transplant Centre in Queen Mary Hospital in 1990. Um, and since then, we've got three more transplant um, uh, centres in, in Hong Kong. 
By the end of 2008, a little over 2,000 transplants had been performed in Hong Kong. Um, we have a registry of people, but um, I think at the last count, it was only about 125,000 people on the bone marrow donor registry, which is a very, very low number, considering that in Hong Kong at the moment, there are thousands of people who oh, require a bone marrow do donation. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's yeah, and it... it it takes 20 minutes to register and you may never ever be called upon you may never ever be matched with anyone you may never ever have to be mildly inconvenienced for a couple of days but you can be someone's hope you, and it's really straightforward you know it really is going to the red cross i believe it's the red yep, cross yep. which is you go to the, the red place. cross hong kong you literally it's a very simple straightforward form it is a 5 minute procedure to take a small sample of blood and then you could you could for the for the time cost, time investment of binge watching a couple of series, you could save someone's life. You actually could. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, if there's anything, I mean, I know I'm talking in a, an era where we're all terrified of people having COVID in their building next to us. But I think if we are able to come out of this and be a little bit less selfish about our own health and the health of others and to be a little bit more compassionate, I think we should all be racing to become bone marrow donors. Because as I said, you may never have to do anything about it, but it could be you. You you could need one one day yeah you know i'm sure our listeners i mean I'm, I'm just so uplifted every time i have crews on the show i'm like yes i'm gonna do this i'm going to so so we should just uh, register with the red cross you register with the red cross um you can it's very easy you can walk into any of their donor centers and do it um and if you are going to donate blood which would be a great thing to do because there's the meantime, always a there's shortage. A shortage there's definitely a shortage so go and do that they've got great biscuit selection <laughs> that's a key that's a key right that's if nothing else that's an incentive and it's a bit of me time um you know come on you can do it um just say just say can i also register as a bone marrow donor they're, they're very unlikely to ask you if you want to you have to say it and then they will look joyful when they hand you the form because yeah, yeah i do have a quote today I do have a quote today from um, an author called Susan Vreeland who received a bone marrow donation. Um, she said, because what happens is you have your, your bone marrow transplant, which by the way, oh, I need to talk, talk about how they get the bone marrow into your body very quickly. So they basically just give you an infusion. They just flood your blood with the, the donor cells, which will make their way into the uh, patient's bone marrow. And then that's where they'll start to reproduce. I forgot that very important detail about the other side of it. But she had one. Now, it's day zero when you have the bone marrow donation and then you have to wait 100 days of isolation before you go out so that the engraftment can take place and the healthy cells start doing what they need to. So you've got 100, 100 days, days of isolation. Wow. Yeah. Now, she said... After 100 days of confinement following a bone marrow transplant, I rejoiced in taking short walks to a nearby park as I was writing Girl in Hyacinth Blue, a book she wrote. The uncertainty of my survival made every blade of grass gorgeous in its green intensity, lifting itself up, doing its part to make the world beautiful. And I think that's really important to remember. You could make a huge difference and you could save a life. Oh, Cruz, thank you so much indeed for your sharing this week. And, oh, I just want to say thank you. <laughs> go, go. I'll do something light next yeah. week. I no, promise. No, no. <laughs> Everybody go to the Red Cross and give blood and also ask to be a bone marrow uh, donor and they will be joyful for your bone yeah. marrow. Thank you so much for your time this week, Cruz. Until next time. See you. Thank you. And